Affordable hot hatches doomed as the electric vehicle asteroid hurtles toward the internal combustion engine and global automotive players push even more enthusiastically towards an EV future is now the time to pull the trigger on a Megane RS, Golf GTI or the upcoming Civic Type R. Welcome. I'm Cars Guide Deputy Editor James Cleary and joining me on the podcast panel to look at this dino juice hot hatch extinction event, our key contributor, Steve Otley in sunny Detroit. Steve. Oh. Uh, hello, or should I say howdy? That was not howdy, Detroit's howdy, not really howdy, howdy territory. Yeah. Howdy, y'all. And yeah, yeah, uh, what's up? And senior journalist Richard Berry. G'day. We'll also cover off this weekend news and take a look at the fresh metal we've been driving in Cars in the Garage. So stay with us. So first of all, the catalyst for this discussion is a Matt Campbell news story, and it's specifically around the soon to, or the the it's been the death knell has been signalled for another uh, affordable combustion engine hot hatch in the shape of the Megane RS. It follows pretty hot on the heels of the Focus ST and the Fiesta uh, ST from Ford, and we're not guaranteed that there'll be a next generation of, say, the i30 from Hyundai. So is N combustion affordable hot hatches in peril? Um, what do we think? Is it is it a moment in time? Should we be thinking about, well, I've, I've, I've dreamt about buying a little hot hatch. Should we be acting right now? Richard, what do you reckon? I think that people don't like cars anymore. No, no I'm, and I'm, I'm serious. I think that a new generation of kids are coming through and they don't give a damn. I mean, hot hatches were born in the late 70s and the early 80s uh, when kids stole their parents, you know, hatchbacks in Europe because they didn't have Commodores and Falcons. Well, they did, but, you know, the small hatchback was more appropriate over there. Carl Carlton's and Granadas. That's right, the Vauxhall. Um, and uh, this is where it's come from. And I don't think these days that there is a market for them, even though I love them. I love them again, RS. It's fantastic. I love the Clio RS. That was fantastic as well. The Focus ST, the Fiesta ST, I can't get enough of them. But the problem is I think I'm a dinosaur as well. Um, and this, you know, the kids that are being born these days don't want them and they're not it, buying them. It's an interesting point, Steve. Have you ever been to the Time Attack or, or you know, um, et cetera, out at, Sydney Motorsport Park and other venues where, I mean, have you, Richard? There are yep. a lot of a lot yeah, of younger, no. enthusiastic people out there. Uh, yeah, I, I would counter Richard's argument with saying I, I'm not entirely convinced that um, uh, people, that young kids aren't interested in cars. You go to events like that and you do see, uh, in, you know, young kids out there that are enthusiastic about, uh, you know, performance cars. I think the key word in this whole discussion is affordable performance cars. Mm. Even hot hatches, we've discussed it before on this show, hot hatches are becoming less and less affordable. Yeah, like yeah. A, a Volkswagen GTI mm. doesn't start with a three anymore. It starts with a five. Mm. And typically, if you think back, you know, when we were younger, you know, you could get a Suzuki Swift Sport or, you know, the, 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 yeah. the Fiesta ST that we're looking at, you know, went from being in the last, you know, last two generations of its life, it went from being a, a roughly a $25,000 car to you're spending nearly $35,000 well, to get on the road. When that I was younger, there of... weren't any cars um, for a start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's difficult yeah. to comprehend. But, but you you all you all wanted uh, ponies, yes? You're that's right. That's there. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's harsh, JC, on yourself. I thought you drove <laughs> yeah. those cars with the feet underneath. Like, I uh, did, yeah. Most like of them were steam. Fred. That's, yeah, steam. That's, yeah. that's right. Steam-powered. 
Yeah. Well, what, what, well, was the, but, what was the McGann's price? That was well, uh, what, 60, 60s. You know, that's right. And it started crikey. off 2018, yeah. 47 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then trophy spec only by the time we get to 2022, yeah. 62 and a bit plus on-road costs. So that's absolutely to Steve's point that what does affordable mean anymore? I mean, it doesn't yeah. help that it's French. And it doesn't help that it's overpriced. I mean, the only way that you can make it less accessible is if you hit it in the basement and behind a locked door. Like that's just, you know. But we're trying to sell Renaults and Peugeots and Citroëns anyway without overpricing them like that. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing: sixty thousand dollars for. I recently drove an Audi RS3, fantastic Mm. car, Mm -hmm. but that is a. Ninety thousand dollar hatchback. Yes, ninety thousand dollars. I mean, that is a just a huge sum of money to spend yep. on a hatchback. It's ultimate. Mm. At the end of the day, if, at the like bottom line, it's a hatchback. It yep. is not a big car. It's not a sports car. It's not a coupe. It's not a convertible. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It is a conventional, it's, normal. It's a cracking car, hatchback. isn't it? It's a classic case yes. of what the market will bear and mm. how much yeah. a four ring badge might be worth as well. You know, it, it, yeah. it, tremendous dynamically, but there's also a little bit of prestige goes with it exactly. for that as well. A45, like who can afford that? You know, mm. that's ridiculously yeah. expensive and it is a great hot hatch. But yeah. again, I think the whole ethos of a hot hatch is I can't afford a race car, but this is a hot hatch. This is a, this is a hatchback I can afford and I can, the power to weight ratio is going to be magnificent. Yeah. And it's all I've got. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting also, uh, Matt Campbell makes the point in his story that, that, the flip side is that there are some new arrivals due. In mm. we've got Civic Type R early next year. We've got Corolla GR. We've yep. already got the GR Yaris, Yaris. which is the absolute cracker. Mm. But they're not going to be cheap. The, the, the again, nope. the byword here is affordable. What does affordable mean when it comes to these cars? It, it feels like the end is nigh. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the bottom line message here is if if you have been waiting to buy a hot hatch, if you're on the fence. Yeah, now's the time to do it. Yeah. You know, just I mean, look, breaking news. I, I I was talking to uh Trevor Worthington, who runs all of Ford's uh internal combustion engine programs. That's um, um Mrs. Ex- Mrs. Mrs. Worthington's Australia. little boy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe his brother Sam does some acting. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But sister uh, and he also sister in law, pretty yeah. handy in a bikini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he. He also heads up Ford Performance, and we did ask him the question today, you know, a few hours ago when you were sleeping. Uh, what is the, you know, what is the future of the Focus and Fiesta ST? And and he, his comments were more like, well, you should probably talk to my colleague who looks after the uh, electric cars. Uh, exactly. And and I think again right. that that will get back to <clears> now. Look, <throat> they mm. might make a fantastic electric hot hatch, mm. but at least for the foreseeable future. It's very, very unlikely that is going to be an affordable hot hatch Correct. in any Correct. conventional sense of the mm. word. It is not, yes. you know, it will certainly not be a twenty thousand dollar car, and that's and that's sort of where, yeah, that I think the demise of the of the hot hatch began when, yeah, as the prices creep up, the demand drops. Yeah, it's just inevitable, you know. So, well, for anyone think, who's yeah, we are, we are rapidly approaching <laughs> the end of this era. We're blinded by something, though, and we're just assuming that all the people that want hot hatches or performance cars are buying them new. So yes. if you were to go onto Auto Trader or Cars Guide listings, you'd you'd be able to find Focus STs, Fiesta STs, Clio RSs, and you'd probably be able to get one for pretty good money. Maybe not well, right now. This, but- this is the thing. This is the thing. I mean, obviously, look, 
we're now living in a, in a current, current this moment in time, everything is a bit more expensive. Mm. But when you increase the initial purchase price, you also yep. increase the used car price. And so again, if you look, if you look at go back in the old days where Fiesta ST was was a twenty five thousand dollar prospect, and the yeah. and the Suzuki Swift Sport, you, you're mm. talking about cars that started in the you know in the twenties, mid to low twenties, and they got into the teens quite quickly. Yeah, and then young blokes could afford them, and young girls could afford them, and you could go mm. out there and you could have some fun. Yeah, and that's now, right. We're sort of you know you can't you can't say hey kids. You can't have these things. They're too expensive for you. Yeah. And so they move on and accept it. And then we say, oh, why are they all interested in it? Well, maybe so maybe there's you- two sides to this in that, yes, there is a market of young people who are still really keen, but at the same time, that's being defeated because the price is putting mm-hmm. it out of their price range. So yeah. then they yeah. end up just going, well, I can't afford it. Oh, yeah. The answer is a Camry. The answer, the answer is a Camry hybrid. It always is. It is. But, it's the answer but, of everything, isn't it? But I, for anyone who's hit the panic button and thinking, I've got to buy a Magan RS today, I can give you a stock update, um, courtesy, <laughs> of Matt's, courtesy of Matt's story. There have been 98 of them sold so far this year, and there are seven currently in dealer stock in the country. So get in fast. Now, um, perhaps a bigger question and for another mm. podcast, but what is Renault in Australia without the Magan RS? Mm. I mean, it's their flagship car. It's 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 the... It's been there like shining light for so long. Absolutely. It has. It adds a lot of luster uh, to the brand, doesn't it? For sure. And mm. I mean, I wrote a little opinion story a little while ago. Uh, you might recall, Richard, we were talking about it in the office. Mm. What's AMG without combustion engines? You know, they they start to become electric. Is it the same? No. It's where's the, where's the rumbling V8 and the yep. crackling four cylinders and all of the things that, from an oral point of view, have, yeah. have made that brand so special? I would say 80% of the appeal of an AMG is the sound alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, an electric AMG with yeah. artificial sound. And, and, and it's interesting. It's probably a whole other podcast, but... But I was watching uh, a video on YouTube of the guy who runs Alpha's classic fleet. So he also looks after all of their documentation and all of that kind of stuff, but their fleet of classic cars. And he was talking about a GTA when he was a kid and he heard it driving past. He burst into tears. I just don't know whether an electric car is going to cause that kind of emotional reaction. Just as a side, can Mm -hmm. you send me the link to that video? (laughs) 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 Um. Yeah, I, well, the the argument again, I think going back to Richard's original point is that young people are interested, and I think one of the things we hear is young people are more interested in electric cars. So maybe that is the answer at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. maybe if you know Ford, for example, builds an, a small electric mm-hmm. hot hatch, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it will be relatively affordable, yeah. and that might be what they want. You know, I still remember talking to. Uh, Andy Palmer when he was back at Nissan, you know, the big Nissan yep. executive. Mm. Yep. Uh and and the 86, Twitter had just released the 86, and we said to him, What's your response to that? Are you going to build some sort of affordable performance, you know, coupe? Mm. And his response was, No, we have the Duke. The Duke yeah. is what young people want. They want a funky crossover. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you know, maybe a Nismo Duke is not quite the same as an 86. No, that explains a lot. I wanted the that uh, might Duke, be that might yeah. be a bad GTR. example. Yeah. But- the Duke GTR, the one that had the R34 GTR's powertrain in it. Yes. Yes. Here's a question. That would, was a, a, would, a, would a Puma ST be more appealing than a, uh, a Focus ST? Or a I mean, you, you'd have to drive it, but the Ford's abilities mm. in terms of being able to tune that 
focus and the Fiesta ST. Yeah, Puma mm. ST. Why not? Is, does that car not exist? Is there it does an exist. ST? Yeah, there's an, it, it there's an S- We don't get it. No, no it's on the right. it's on the very long list of Fords we don't get. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's. It does exist, and, and you know, is that something? Well, I mean, Hyundai's got the Kona end. Volkswagen's just looked to launch the T Rock R. So, yeah, you know, we're moving towards that era. I think we've I've written in the past about this this yeah, in, you know, literal rise of the hot hatch to these little SUV. You know, they're not can't really call them hot hatches. A hot hot SUV sounds a bit hot. Hot compact SUVs hot doesn't crossovers. really roll off the tongue. Spicy SUVs, spicy um, SUV. Yeah, that's very mm, spicy. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose the other thing is here we are. Um, you know, people of a certain age wedded to the whole uh, love affair with internal combustion engines. Mm. And yeah, Richard, but- to your point, are kids into cars? Are they not? Whatever happens as they grow older, cars are going to be more and more electric and electrified. Yeah, um, it's just they'll have a different appreciation of what sounds great. Maybe you know they. Yeah, they'll love the yeah. zinging hum of a of a. You know, an electric focus ST. It's it's yeah. what, what we're who, used to, you know. Who, who knows? They may love they may grow up to love like they may be able to program their own sounds, you know. Like yep. my oh. kids my kids edit videos on their phones and I'm like, how do you do that? Show me how to do that. I, I'd love to know that how to do <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. I, I, handy, but, I, I can't you know, like, wait maybe they'll do that. I can't wait to be sitting on my porch just yelling at those kids as they drive past yeah. my house. And you'll, you'll In my days, a... we didn't have to make up a sound. Well, no. the problem is you'll have a shoddy with you as well. Yeah, um, that's right. You're just on the rocking chair with well, the, you, the shoddy there. But You'll have to because we'll be living in the apocalypse. No, but I do. I honestly, I think you're right. I think the, in the future we'll have electric cars. And I think the, the price of electric cars will come down to the point where it almost democratise the electric car where, and you'll have Chinese brands coming in with really 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 affordable hot yeah. hatches yeah. Like brands that don't even exist today will be dominating the market in 20 or 30 years yeah it's really hard to foresee what's going to happen um but it i is. think i i honestly think that the sound won't matter to kids just being born today it will be about speed and looks isn't it steve uh, a, a couple of steps above the affordable category in the states is it the challenger that's gone EV or charger, which well, they, they, they've unveiled the mm-hmm. a, a, a concept. Charger. Actually, yeah. yeah, I actually had a look at it today, and I'll be honest, yeah. it is stunning in the metal. Yeah. I mean, it's a really striking looking car. It's a, you know, I guess you'd call it a four door coupe. Um, yeah. but it sounds um, shit. Oops, sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. We're all it's friends. Other, yeah. We're all friends here, Richard. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Mm. They are well. It's well, I personally, I would say it sounds different. Um, it's <laughs> you know, what are they? they they've given it some funky name like Fran, Franzatonic exhaust or something. Franzatonic. I, lo- I love me a Franzatonic exhaust. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> but um, I tell you well, what, the people had... at Dodger's naming department—they work overtime to come up with wacky names for things. You've got but, a whole, well, we've whole had Harry department. Harry Tran while we've been on air has said, mm. "Look, he hears that the Chevy Corvette might move to battery electric vehicle." I mean, I think it's a case of everything will probably move to battery electric. Well, yeah, it's, I, it's a matter I of think when. He, I, he's, mm. he, he's right. I'm pretty sure uh, General Motors has confirmed both a hybrid and a fully electric. Corvette will be coming in the not too distant future. Planes, trains, and dogs and cars says the Jetsons car sound will make a big comeback with these. And I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I loved it. Yeah, George. uh, George. Honestly, I do not want to see a day when there's an electric Corvette. Right. You know, 
like for goodness sake well stay in touch nothing Richard, sacred I'll, just, I'll consistently ask you if you're okay and nothing. i hope that you you know honestly well. honestly they should just retire the name with its petrol v8 like they just can't, can't. all right look i think that's a really good discussion we've probably, <laughs> we've probably sparked some thoughts there um but it's it's time to move on um mm. and we are going to move into the news of the week now Steve, we've made it plain that you're there in Detroit, uh, timed to coincide your visit, time to coincide with the Detroit Motor Show, and yes. also uh, the release of a certain blue oval model. Fill us in, please. Yes, as the, for those viewing us on the uh, on the YouTube's, so they can see these little numbers behind me. Uh, yeah, Ford has just unveiled the seventh generation Mustang. And Richard, you'll be happy to know there's not a battery in sight. Well, I mean, obviously it has a regular battery, but no. Yes. Uh, Yeah. But they have, uh, I mean, look, there was a lot of speculation before this car was launched that it was going to be on an all new platform that was going to have hybrid capabilities, potentially fully electric. Richard can celebrate. It is effectively an update of the previous model. Um, uh, So still got a good old fashioned five liter V8. With a, yes. with a bit more bit more power and torque. Uh, it's got a bit more power. Yep. yep. They've unveiled they've unveiled a brand new uh trim level um called the Dark Horse, which is, I mean, it's in basic terms, you would say it's it's it seems to be a sort of a replacement, you know, for the for the Mac One. You know, yep. it's, it yep. seems to take a lot of the learnings from the Mac One and apply it to what what as I understand it, it will be a permanent member of the lineup. Um right. it does right. have a different horsey badge. Uh, which nice. um, like very keen to point out. No, it has, actually has a, has a front-on horse as opposed to the, the ah. famous, as you can, again, as you can see behind me back here, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, prant, the old prancing pony. Or, a uh, front-on front horse. A front-facing horse. So you just basically get a big bunch of- Big face, uh, like a long face. Yeah, horse, horse head. Unreal. Um, Great. So, but yeah, look, honestly, in the metal, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic looking car. They've developed, they've- Developed comp- completely different front fascias for the EcoBoost and the GT. So, I mean, again, if you're on YouTube, you can see okay. at the front there. There's a much more EcoBoost is in the background. <clears throat> EcoBoost is in the background. Yep. Some may argue the EcoBoost is actually the better looking of the two. It's a sleeker kind of appearance. Right. Um, uh, but you know, it, the the cabin is the big uh, talking point because you know it was the big. Uh, criticism point of the uh the what were they called the s550 the outgoing sixth generation mustang mm. yep they'd gone for that retro look you know they obviously bought the plastics from the same bloke that makes lawn chairs for bunnings it nice. was you know it, yes. it it was it was personally i sort of loved the retroness of it but that it was a it was a bit cheap and you know, so not gone, that flash in some places. Full screen. They've gone full digital. They've yeah, gone. Yeah. They've gone. They yep. chuck the iPads in. So you have got a fully yep. digital. High grade models will basically get almost one. Con- well, will appear to be one continuous screen. It wraps around. Yep. Um, the head front up of dis- it, but head up display. Have they not? Because no, I remember I going head up display. I have. They haven't really um, dived into or you know that the, level the of complete detail. detail but yeah, well, yeah, they yeah. have told us. They no, have told is- us, and again, you'll be happy. Mm. The mm. digital display has up to six different. The instrument cluster can display six different types of uh, graphic displays. Great, two of which are 
based on the Fox Body Mustang from the nineteen oh, eighties. Fantastic! Yeah, there is a fun. daytime mode and a nighttime mode, which might be the coolest one because you get those eighties analog dials. Yeah. In that green, that unique eighty <clears throat> shade of green. That so sounds it's great. Very very That's cool. Good fun. So, yeah. So look, it's it's. It, it is what it is. It's not. It's not trying to pretend to be anything that it's not. It's just a good old fashioned American muscle car. And and Ford hopes, as we've been discussing today, that by going to that more digital high tech cabin, it's going to attract younger people. You know, yeah. like which is what, what the original Mustang was was all about. Super. Absolutely. I mean, the, the the old tagline of Mustang was what fast, affordable, and fun. Right. Yeah. So and and this is that Mustang and like I, I no joke it is the last two door affordable V8 on the planet. You can't get one. And you, to get a a car like that, you've got to step up to a Benz or a BMW. Yeah, nothing and else you won't, you won't get a manual gearbox. Uh, no, so, and, yeah, and yeah. you'll be and this you'll be spending it. north of a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. What? Well, so anyway. What? Now here's the here's the here's the question though. Mm. Why does no one else do it? It is the biggest selling sports car in the world. World. It'll yeah. be yeah. the biggest selling sports car now. Mm. I, I wrote a piece recently for Cars going about talking about does the Nissan Z have an opportunity here because it's going to be on sale yep. next year and the Mustang yep. is going to effectively be in a transitional year because this car won't arrive until the very end of the year, the last yep. quarter. Um, but the bottom line is come 2024, mm-hmm. well, Toyota's put, Toyota put a manual in the Supra and there are a few but that's still, that's sniffing still around s- the edges of it, but it's a bit dearer. Yeah, that's true. Now I get, look, I, but I guess, look, it'll be interesting to see what the price is. You know, yep. m- more technology typically brings a higher price tag. So... Hmm. Yeah, right, maybe, look, maybe it's going to be closer to Supra. We better. Sorry, Richard, you were going to say something. I was going go to quickly ahead, ask go about Marquee. Any in your in your late night, um, oh, you know, yeah. shenangles, shenanigans with Ford executives? Are we getting the Marquee in Australia? I mean, I can handle electric in that type of form, but are we? Do you know? They continue to say no on the record. <laughs> You're being so careful. But I, would, being so but careful. I would I would say I now look, I would have said this last week before I came to speak to people uh-huh. over here at Ford HQ. It's it's coming. Uh-huh. I, mean, I think I think that they've sort of said hmm. they've my my personal belief and not based on, you know, based on conversations directly with Ford uh, management, you know, they they want to they as they love to say they don't talk about future product, but uh you know they've said they're going to have five electric vehicles in Australia, mm. and I, you know, I think it's a pretty safe bet that's going to be one of them. What I can't tell you is how it drives because I did get to drive it this ah, week. So stay yeah. tuned, readers should stay tuned because okay. there will be a review. We get now. We need to. We need to keep moving along. Thank you very much for that, Steve. It's interesting. Planes, trains, and dogs and cars has come up mm. with an interesting factoid. Ooh. Uh, the Fratzog was the original name of the 1960s Dodge logo, hence Fratzonic. Across the back of the Dodge show car. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll take okay. that. I at, love that. We'll love take it. that at face value. Now, um, Richard, could you just give us a top line for all the details? People can go to the site. That's right. But another significant launch and a traditional kind of sports oh. car we've we've covered off this week. This is. I mean, look, I it's 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 entirely difficult to beat the one of the best cars in the world, the Mustang. But if you do want a two door, fun, affordable sports car. Toyota 86, or otherwise known as oh. the GR86. Now, now Matt Campbell has written a story for us on the update in the price. He went down to Phillip Island and actually drove the thing as well. But what we can reveal that the price is now, it comes in two grades. 
Uh, the prices now start at 43240 for the GT, that's for the manual and the automatic, um, and the GTS is $45,390. There's a bit of a step up for when it first came out in totally. 2013. Totally. Um, it was like $30,000, $32,000 when it first came out, um, but it's with us today. This is the second generation of this car. Power output, 174 kilowatts. When it first came out at 100, 147. And torque, I think, stays pretty much the same at 250. 2.4 litre, four-cylinder boxer engine. It's beautiful. Frankly, I would marry it if I wasn't married all already. Right. Let's, it's a now, fantastic now, car. Let, Steady. For Steady. all the details, people can, can <laughs> well, check out that yeah. story. Let's. We've got, we've got to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just finish with a third story that is, the ID3 hatchback, here we are talking about hatches oh, moving yeah. to electric, maybe warm and hot hatches. Um, short story is more production ID4 and ID5, the SUVs, has meant that ID3 for Australia, the hatchback, has been shuffled back a bit. Mm. So we're going to get, this is according to the local director of passenger cars, VW, um, ID4, ID5 brought forward at the cost of a later arrival for ID3 hatch. So people who've been in either waiting list for, for these vehicles, have a look at the story. Um, all the details are there and, and you'll be able to work out where you are in the queue. Now, mm. what we will move on to now is cars in the garage. We're going to give a top line uh, mini take on mm. Um, some vehicles that we've been driving uh, in reality and otherwise. We'll get to you in a sec, Steve. Um, Richard, what have you been steering? I have been steering, and we can talk about it now because the embargo lift yesterday, the Great. new Havel Jollyon Hybrid. It costs $40,990, which is $8,000 more than the petrol equivalent. I worked out in the video that you would have to drive 129,000 or 130,000 kilometers to make your $8,000 back in fuel savings. So for the average Aussie, that's about 10, 11, 12 years. I love the thumbnail on your video, Richard. I think the words were something like paying more to save money. Yeah. I mean, is it worth it? Like, are you going to own that car? You will start making money back. I mean, straight away because it saves $3 a litre, you know, straight away. But to get the eight thousand dollars back, you have to drive it one hundred and thirty thousand. It's a lot of petrol. A long a way. Petrol, well, you have it? to you have to not buy it to save money, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> because you like by not by not buying it, you can save one hundred percent of the purchase price. That is yeah. a major saving. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So right. yeah, people can see the video. It's on on the YouTube's and and uh, our website now. Very good, Steve. Mm. This again, your your trip to the US has led to a pretty interesting experience. This is a car that's kind of been in the garage, but uh, in a different way. Fill us in. Yeah. So I've been busting to drive the Ford Maverick, the little baby ute. Front-wheel mm. drive um, thing? Well, front drive, I think it's also available in all drive in the States okay. over here. Yep. Got some for Anyway, little baby ute, SUV-based ute. Uh, I got to drive a version of it in Ford's state-of-the-art simulator. So again, if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see some images. It's basically the world's best video game, right? So yeah. it's, I mean, this is the, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that Formula One teams use. It's actually, Ford actually began using it because their racing teams were using them. Mm. And so, yeah, it's like a big, you sit in a, effectively a little, a car cockpit. It actually, you feel like you're driving an actual car. You are surrounded by screens but the cockpit actually rises up and it's on uh, basically all these actuators. And so you're moving the whole time up and down and you can, yep. f- and you get a feel for the car. Yes. And basically, yeah, Ford uses it to simulate, uh, you know, develop cars, simulate them in, in a virtual environment much faster than they can, you know, build prototypes and all that sort of stuff. So, awesome. um, you know, I'm able to drive it 
on their proving their virtual proving ground, yeah. which instead of having, you know, instead of having 200 meters of, of their bump track, well, they yeah. laser yeah. scan the bump track and then just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Yeah. And so they've got, you know, thousand kilometers of bump track and they can just keep going and mm. save all the time just turning around so and then they then yeah. they can i suppose it, as is always with computer sims it's then validation in real world rather than actually having to work it out in reality you're just validating what you've learned in the computer that's so yeah, wrong well, well then well what they're doing is they're they're able to develop like i said like before they develop a prototype they'll develop a virtual prototype yeah. and they can test yeah different Methods. Okay. So is, mm. is it going to be for the suspension? Is it going to be option A, option B, yep. or option C? Yeah. You know, this is Fantastic. what's going to work. So, and yeah, it's like, really, really interesting. And we're going we're to make a shorts video for that as well, I think. So mm. that'll yeah. be good. That'll I almost good. broke Ford's uh, augmented reality machine in Melbourne when I was in the new Ford Everest and I had to put the visor on. Yes. But I got disorientated in vertigo and I stood up in the car and I almost ripped their whole multi million dollar setup nice down. One. Nice and one. They just, someone those, had to actually take it off me and go, calm down, calm down. Those things just make me feel nauseous. Mm. Um, anyway, look, we, we, we will keep going. Steve, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, now, I'll finish us off. I've been in the Kia EV6 GT line. It's the rear-wheel drive, uh, so it's uh, the lesser price, just under $80,000. Single motor, meaning, yeah, it's rear-wheel drive, 168 kilowatts. I think it looks really schmick inside and out. Uh, is it a coupe SUV? Is it a hatch? Big hatch? Is it a wagon? Hard to say. Well, it's Sorry. not a hatch. It's very big. It's big. That's it a is. very big car. It's, big. That's and... it's got Sorrento space. Well, it's... there's so much yes. room in the cabin. I was going to say, it's just so much room. Um, mm. The adjustable regen braking works really nicely. You get that iPedal mode if you, if you want to go uh, that far, but you can adjust it with the paddles and all that. Nice things like heated and vented front seats, um, up to 528, theoretically, kilometres of range. Um, pretty sharp service pricing, less than $300 per service uh, for the life of the warranty. Minus side, I reckon the door handles are some of the dumbest door handles I've ever come across. Yes. Um, particularly when we were just in a period of rain in Sydney, you're trying mm. to grab the handle and your hand slips oh, off it. It is almost broke it off. <laughs> it's pretty silly. So, yeah. Um, it's a little bit firm in the ride department, despite being tuned locally. Um, it's got that big yeah, battery and the twenty. It's got the, which I think is a, is a, is a is a problem with all electric vehicles. Yeah. It's not an electric vehicle I think it I've is. driven yet that is just like it is. They can't disguise it. You can't hide that sort of weight. Mm. No. So uh, no. for me, it's got loads of safety, lots of standard fruit. It looks pretty schmick, but it doesn't have the feel of an 80K car. But I think that's what we've been talking about. It's like a value recalibration in your brain in yep. terms of what an electric vehicle is worth. So uh, Yeah. I I, I, dro I drove that car and I really loved it. And yeah, yeah I, I had I looked at it and went, man, that is a lot of money for that car. Totally. But if you look at a top-of-the-line Sorento... Uh, now, obviously, the, the biggest difference, yeah. I would say, is you can get seven seats in a Sorento. But apart from that, if you just want a Sorento for the five seats, but you want the full, fully loaded Schmick mm. Sorento, mm. I mean, arguably, the, the the EV6 makes more sense. It's got more space for those those two rows. It has more space. It's still got a very generous boot. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's just a it's a better package. It's more it's like you sort of shrink wrapped a Sorento. I'm like you. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy driving it. No, no, no. Yeah, I but did. It is I really expensive. Did. Yeah, yeah. There was no... look, the price will come down. Like my first laptop was three thousand dollars. You know, yes. in the nineties. So yeah. it's, it's is that like, like all a, things? 
Is that like a kid's toy? My first laptop. <laughs> My first. Or, or was actually, it? it wasn't. It was a really good laptop, but it was okay. three grand. And today it'd be like you know, eight hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly from Officeworks. You know. All right. Well, look. With that, we have reached the finish line. So thanks to all our listeners and viewers, and thank you, Richard, and thank you, thank you Steve. Yeah, you can, you can oh, go pleasure. and stare at, stare at the back of your eyelids now. Uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Well done. All the Ford executives sitting on the edge of the bed, they're going, are you done yet? Come on. Done. <laughs> well done to our production guru, Mr. Brett Sullivan. Um, he's a Francis Ford Coppola fan and a car maintenance fanatic. Uh, two passions neatly summed up by the T-shirt he's wearing today, which says, I love the smell of WD-40 in the morning. Um Jump into the conversation, Cars Guides on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Or traditionalists can email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Listeners, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Five stars would be great. Hmm. Um, and viewers, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Cars Guide channel so you can stay on top of all our latest content. But before we go, on the way home last night, I clocked a bloke in traffic next to me texting and driving. I hate that. I was ropeable. I actually wound down my window and threw my beer at him. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, dear. Do we have a postal oh address? Dear.